have breath and you can lift your voice because we've heard it. We've heard you lifting your voice for the last couple minutes. Could we use our breath? And the scripture says, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. If you're not breathing, you're free. But let everything that hath breath. Could we do that right now? Could we lift up the Lord? He's here already. Jesus, we magnify you. We glorify you, O God. We exalt the name that is above every name. Jesus, we worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for the working of your spirit in the hearts of individuals in our lives, Father. For you reaching where you do, knowing us as you do, knowing our frame, God. Loving us and leading us according to your will and purpose. We worship you, Father. We worship you, O God. We give you glory and praise tonight. We lift up your name. Pray that you would be magnified here in our midst. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we open our hearts and our minds and our spirits unto you, Father. We open ourselves to you and the ministry of your spirit and your word, O God. We need you. We need you. We need you, Father. Hallelujah. Let your will and your work be fulfilled in, with, and through us this evening. We're not just marking time, but we've come with purpose to fellowship you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated if you would like to. Amen. Amen. We're going to hear from a few different ones tonight. So it's good to have a, it's good to have a group of college kids home. Amen. And so I've asked the the three of them to take a minute and greet you. And uh, amen. Praise God. So I guess we'll go left to right. We'll let Sister Autumn come first. Amen. I know that's what she wanted, I'm sure. Amen. I'm glad they're home for a few weeks. Well, God bless you. It's so good to be home. So good to be home. And it's so good to see all of you. It's so good to see so many new faces on Sunday when we were up here in the front. And looking back and seeing a full sanctuary of lots of unfamiliar faces was a good thing. Um, It's always good when the house of God is full. Um, So earlier today when my dad asked me um, to speak, he said, you know, just greet you guys and share if there's anything on my heart. And um, so last... Yeah, last week, the last Sunday that we were in Stockton before coming home, um, there was a guest preacher that was there, and he was talking about different things. And one of the things he said that really stuck with me was he was talking about how um, going into this, like, season of Christmas and just this break that we're on, um, he was talking about it being a season of consecration. And um, I don't think that's usually that for us. You know, it's always a very, if we're not careful indulgent time um can be very materialistic if we're not careful and so it's just been something that I've been thinking on and praying about is you know brother flower said it so well last Sunday um there's a season of celebration you know that God came gave himself for us and we should celebrate that and so this should be a season that we draw closer to him than ever before and that's just been my prayer lately and something I'm working towards and so I just felt to share that all with you guys and So, it's good to be home. Good to see all of you. Amen. It is very good to be home and uh, be with you guys. Um, You know, we we go to a church there in Stockton of a couple thousand people, um, which is really cool. You know, praise God for it, um, that he's drawn all those people there, but... There's something just so significant that stands out to me every time I come home and, and know that this is where I'm placed in the body 
um, of Christ. And uh, not that I don't feel necessarily like I'm not at home, so to speak, when I'm there, but but I'm not, you know, I'm not at home. I know that that's not, uh, that's not where I'm supposed to spend the rest of my days, and not that I, I will here, but there's just something so, um, so precious about where God specifically chooses to place us in the body, and, um, and sometimes, you know, I, it really stood out to me on Sunday when, um, when Elder uh, started to mention some people's names and just sort of the ways that some of us have, had gotten connected to, to this specific body. And, um, and it really just made me think, like, some of us, you know, maybe for me it'd be easy to think, well, I just sort of ended up here by default because, you know, I just came along with my parents or, or whatever. Um, but I realized that even with that, the Lord knows, as, as Bishop talked about, it just fits together. He knows where each and every one of us individually are whether you had to come with a family because your mom said so or because your dad said so, the Lord still knows exactly where you are. And he knows that if this is where he wants you, that this is where you need to be. And um, there's a lot of churches out there to choose from. Um, There's even a lot of churches that preach the same message. Um, But if that's not the part of the body that God wants to connect us to, then I've just realized that I don't need to try to make myself fit there. Um, and, and so that's just, just something that kind of sticks out to me. And, um, and I don't want to, I don't want to take too long, but man, I, I really wish I could just, I mean, cause I could talk for a while about just all the things that the Lord has really shown me this year and, and taught me as I've done my best to kind of teach the, uh, the student body and and lead the student body and um, for those of you who may not know I, I have a position this year of of leading um, the kind of the entire student body in a lot of different events and things and uh, at the college there and so um, you know one of the one of the things that just to kind of summarize this has really been a whole semester type of lesson and I'm sure I'm sure it'll continue probably for my whole life but um just one of the things he's taught me and dealt with me about is just waiting on him. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of services, and whether it's a student body prayer where we usually have a speaker at or whether it's a chapel service that it's kind of my responsibility to choose the speaker for, um, I've went into those different things. And with our life church, non-traditional approach uh, already sort of ingrained in me, I've I've just I've just made up my mind that I'm not going to go in and just choose someone to speak because that's what I'm supposed to do, and um, this is still on. And so there's there's been a there's been probably more services where I haven't chose someone to speak um, than I have chose someone beforehand, and um, and so it's been sort of an uncom- uncomfortable process of saying, okay, God, I'm still going to just wait on you even though now we're here at the time of the service and it seems like that I should have someone chosen. Um, but wait a second. No, it's, it's not me that should have someone chosen. It's you that chooses or you that knows. And so through this whole process, it's, it's been, um, it's been amazing to me because it's, it's really made me, um, really vulnerable, um, in front of the whole student body in a lot of different ways. And, uh, I don't think for anyone that's that's comfortable, and and it's it's been really cool because kind of the, a theme throughout the whole year has been getting out of a place of comfort and allowing God to take us further in Him um, because we're willing to whether it's lay on an altar or whatever it is to get to a place of discomfort so that He can change us. And so there's been times in front of the student body that the Lord's dropped a scripture on my heart and and I've just sort of broken cried in front of the whole student body and had to say, guys, let's just pray for a second. I'm sorry. I, I don't know what the Lord's doing right now, but he's, he's not letting me move past this point. And um, the difficult thing that's come with that has been, I've heard some different statements, you know, different people have said, well, it seems like, seems like maybe the leadership is a little confused or the leadership doesn't necessarily know what's happening or what's going on. And 
And, um, you know, and that's just one of those things I've had to sort of fight through and say, well, it might kind of be the case, to be honest with you, but the Lord is the ultimate leader that I am depending on through this process. And so I have a confidence that he's never confused. And so as, as I've just continually tried to just wait on him, there's been, um, there's been service after service where we've come in and um, just to give one example of, of what the Lord has really done, um, one service, it was a prayer that we all came together and we usually just would come in and all pray for 30, 40 minutes at a time um, and, then, and then usually some, someone would speak has been the tradition in the past, uh, the pattern in the past. And so it was about that 30-minute mark, and people, you know, they kind of get quiet, and they wait for usually me to get up there and say, okay, this is what we're going to do next. And so I, um, I went up there and said, I started to try to say something, and I thought I had direction from the Lord of what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about hearing the voice of God, and and I, I could barely get a sentence out, and it was like I was hitting a, a brick wall just right there in front of me. And I would just, so I was like, okay, I'm just going to stop. And, and I did that, I think, three or four different times. And everyone was just, I'm sure it was probably kind of awkward for some of the people there. Um, and so finally I was like, look, guys, the Lord's not going to let me move on. Um, so let's just wait on him. And it's become kind of humorous to some people throughout the year, like, oh, we're, we're going to wait again. All right, here we go. But we just, we did, we just waited on the Lord. And, and there was a silence that just came over the place. And, and at first I was like, okay, th- is this just going to be awkward? Because it was just really silent. And, uh, and I'm up there still just looking down like... <laughs> God, I, I mean, I could force this and say something, but I really don't want to do that. And and so, like I said, hitting a brick wall a couple times, and then finally I just sort of threw in the towel and said, it's going to be what you want, Lord. And uh, and again, it was a long silence. And finally someone just spoke in tongues, and and I was like, okay, that's sort of interesting. Usually I can kind of, you can sort of feel it in the room if there's going to be a tongues interpretation. And so I was like, I didn't necessarily feel that, but felt like it was right. And so anyway, we just kind of sat in the silence a little bit longer. And I was like, man, you know, hearing the voice of God, obeying the voice of God, this seems like it fits, but someone needs to obey the voice of God right now. And so finally someone someone did. They yielded and, and someone someone under the utterance of the Holy Ghost just spoke, spoke a word that was clearly from the Lord. Um for that time and just where we were and so it was amazing to me really how the Lord and I at the end he gave a release for me to speak some things regarding hearing his voice but it was just so so amazing to me how how God in that service he really spoke exactly what he wanted to speak without me having to speak a word uh, without me really having to do a thing except just obey and wait on him and so it's it's been it's been a pretty big life lesson um, and knowing that, okay, Lord, I, I know that this goes against my reasoning. This goes against all logic of, you know, being a problem solver, of, of fixing things, of figuring things out. But if I just wait on you, then your word will come. And then when your word comes, because I'm sensitive to your voice, then I'll act on that. Then I'll obey that word. And then it won't go wrong because he is the ultimate leader and he'll never lead us astray. And so I'm so thankful for that. Um, and I'm continually, continually trying to learn. Amen. So, Jasmine. Hello, everyone. So glad to be back at the Sela congregation and see all your wonderful faces. Um, you know, going to CLC, a lot of people ask me, like, is it everything that you expected? And, you know, like, Joey kind of talked about how People ask a lot, like, you know, what's kind of going on with the leadership and things of that sort. But, you know, going out to CLC, I expected a couple things. I expected to be broken. I expected to grow in my understanding of God. And I expected to be tested. I expected God to take me apart, take things out, and put things back together again. So I'd say yes. What I expected has come to pass. Um, I am thankful for that because I know that 
going out there, the way that things have played out, it's not necessarily how I imagined it to be, but it's exactly how God intends it to be. Um, and for that, I'm thankful. There's a couple things that um, have kind of been the theme for the past four months that I've been there. Um, Joey kind of talked about one is just waiting on God. Another one is just getting to know God. And the Lord's dealt. I'm just like, there's several things. So I'm just kind of, kind of um, going to touch on this one because this really stands out to me. So um, it was during student body prayer um, and we were waiting on God. And it was kind of one of those awkward moments that Joey was talking about. <laughs> and it was really quiet, you know, and I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, all right, God, like I, you know, I trust Joey. He's spirit led. He's a man of God. So I'm going to, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to wait on you. And God gave me a promise while I was waiting. And he said, you know, he told me that this family member is going to serve you with, serve God with all of their heart for the rest of their life. And I said, okay, God, like I trust you. And I was so happy when I heard that word. And I, I went forth and I was, I was just overjoyed. And, you know, and some, some time passed. And you start, like, looking at things in the natural, right? You're looking at things with what you hear and what you see. And I started to fall into that. And, um, you know, we were, we were at a Sunday service one morning. And you, usually when you start losing your faith in what God has spoken, you don't, sometimes it's not very obvious to you, right? Like, your, your actions line up with your faith. So whatever you do, that reflects, that reflects the faith that you have, right? So, for example, I can wake up in the morning and I can roll out of bed and be filled with joy because I know God's hand is upon my life. Or you can wake up in the morning and you can dread that day because you don't know what's going to happen because you don't trust God. And so I, I had started to let go of the promise that God gave me. And we were at a Sunday service and I remember they were playing the song Waymaker. That song always gets me. <laughs> and so they were playing that song, you know, and it was on that part, Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper. And God asked me, he said, he said have you forgotten have you forgotten who I am? And I just started to weep because even though I hadn't realized it, I had started forgetting who God was. And he's, he's you know, when we, when we call on the name of Jesus, it's everything that God is manifest in that name because he's a promise keeper and he's a miracle worker and he opens doors and he is faithful to his word. And so God reminded me of that and I just began to weep. And I think, if anything, that's what God has shown me the most this far in this semester, is that above anything else, I just want to know him. Because if I know him, my faith is unwavering, because I know that he's a promise keeper, and I know that he's a miracle worker, and I know that he opens doors. Um, so that, I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful for everything that God is doing in me. Um, he's taking things out. He's putting things in. And I just, you know, I'm just reflecting on all that he's brought me through through these couple years, you know, an elder talked about that, about coming home. I was just, you know, on the way home from Seattle, I was sitting in the back looking out the window, and I wanted to cry because I was like, man, you know, God has done so much. He's done so much, and all glory to him because never, like, when I was 16 years old, sitting in my dad's house, you know, in the room and crying, not knowing what's going to happen, I never would have thought that I would be serving the one true God and going to Bible college and knowing this precious truth. So I'm just so thankful. I'm so thankful. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm asking Brother Reuben to come. Amen. Are you you're receiving into your spirit tonight? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm glad to be here. And there's a, there's a lot of people, and, you know, God uh, gives people different paths to go. You know, I uh, unfortunately didn't even go to high school. But the Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let a mask of the Lord. Am I saying that school's not okay? No, I'm not saying that. You know, we need to be around I mean, at least me in my life, I want to be around, learn people, study, season, you know, because to me that's important. I didn't go to school, so I seek that in, in a friend or, or you know, uh, fellowship. I want to be around people that are going to, you know, help me grow because I didn't attain, you know, finishing school. So that's something I, I seek for, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful to see, you know, 
always new people, different faces. And, uh, you know, this God's been dealing with all of us. You know, there's been a pattern. And uh, he's been dealing with me about putting God in a box, you know, limiting God to what he can do. And I put him on a time schedule or a calendar, see if I can fit him in in my schedule. Um, I I travel a lot within, you know, the valleys and stuff. And, you know, there'll be days where I do six, seven jobs in one day. So I'm just constantly, you know, going back and forth. And I literally live off my calendar on my phone. You know, my company gave me a, a work phone and I'm thankful for that. But it's a, it's a hindrance for me as well because I live off the calendar. <laughs> you know, I have a schedule that I have to meet every hour on the hour or several hours throughout the day. And I, and I, uh, and I do that to God if I'm not careful in my life. You know, I wake up and, you know, the first thing that I do is I check my calendar because I have to be at a certain time, at a certain job, you know, and, and I, sometimes I neglect going to prayer first and I go to my calendar first and I've caught myself doing that several times. And, um, I get in my van and I go and he, uh, he convicts me of doing that, you know, uh, I want to be sensitive to the point where he can speak to me and I'll respond because uh, I, I put him in a box in my life and uh, it affects the people around you because you limit the time that you have to spend with them because, you know, your whole day you see hours and a schedule. So when you finally get to sit down, you know, for example, me and my family, you know, I, I limit the time if I'm not careful that I spend with my kids. And to me, that's a, that's a dangerous area because you only have so much time to impart, to help them grow. And uh, God really, uh, he spoke to me, you know, a couple of weeks back. I shared this story at Bible City and um, stepping out of my schedule or my time, you know, to, uh, to minister to somebody, you know, uh, Obviously, you know, being at work and stuff, you got to be careful with what you say. And uh, I shared a Bible study a couple weeks ago. You know, our secretary uh, was in early, and I showed up early. And I, my wife always gets mad at me because I tell her, if you're not early, you're late. And I live by that, I personally. And she, she hates me for that, you know, but that's, that's just who I am. So I always go, you know, to work 20 minutes early. I want to know what I'm going to do, where I'm going who I'm going to be with, and sure enough, she was there, and she's been dealing with some things, you know, her personal life and stuff, and uh, she she knows I go to church and Bible study, so she tries to get me out the door Wednesdays as early as she can, you know, and I'm thankful for that. God always makes a way, you know, even when the enemy seems to try to keep you there. <laughs> you know, uh, she uh, was saying, hey, I, I, know you have, uh, I know you have Bible study on Wednesday, and she told me I'm going into surgery on Friday. You know, there's just some things that I'm gonna, that I'm going through that I had to get surgery for, and she was very, very sincere. You can just tell when somebody's really sincere, asking for your prayers. And uh, she told me, you know, I'm just dealing with some things, and I know you go to church, and and I know you pray, and I've never talked to her about <laughs> prayer or going to church. It's just God knows the need of people, and He knows how hungry people are. And all I said to her is, I need to get out early on Wednesdays because I have Bible study. That's all I've ever said to her. And sure enough, God opened the door there, and I've been ministering to her on a daily basis, it seems like. And she said, I need prayer. I'm going into surgery Friday. There's some issues and complications that I'm having. And I know you, I know you can pray for my situation. That's how she put it. And... You know, if at that time, if I wasn't careful, I could have said I'm going to fit her in my schedule, in my calendar, because I was rushing that day. I, I had a million places I got to be, and I was rushing, and, and I had to step back, and I told her, you know what? I'm going to get in my van on my way to the job, and I'm going to pray for your situation. And uh, sure enough, you know, Friday came around. She wasn't there. She was recovering, and Monday came around and nothing, and, you know, she's, uh, 
She's, she reached out to me Tuesday and said, thank you for your prayers. I know you prayed for me. And it means a lot. And, you know, I, I want to pray for somebody, you know, when they ask me, hey, can you pray for me? I, wanna, I want them to know that I'm praying because I could have just told her, I'll pray for you, but forget about her. You know, I'll fit her in my schedule. I'll put some time aside to pray for her, and then I can let her know, hey, I prayed for you. You know, but I purposed in my life, you know, to, to fit my schedule around God's because, you know, I've, I've done it the other way around, and it's tiring. <laughs> you get tired. It is. Trying to fit God around all you have in your life is tiring. So I'm, I'm committing to repurpose my life around God instead of the other way around. And God's been dealing with me about, you know, just my time, how it's spent, how it's, uh, how I use it. Because it's short, it is. Let's just talk to the Lord for a moment, right where you're seated. Father, we thank you for your presence that's here tonight. We thank you for your truth, God, and for your spirit. Jesus, you are good to us, Lord. We love you and we praise you. We give you thanks, Lord God. Lord, we want to commune with you. Lord, your word says that you stand at the door and knock. If any man will open, you will come in and you will sup with him. Lord, we're longing for that communion with you right now. All that we need, God, we can find it in you and your spirit. Jesus, I pray the ministering spirit of the Lord here tonight. God, I pray your spirit would minister, Lord. You know every need, God. You know every infirmity, Lord Jesus. God, we make time and room for you. God, we want to learn what it means to wait upon you. Jesus, God, I give you control of my time. I give you control of my schedule. Jesus, thy will be done above all. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. It gets a lot easier to wait when you know or at least have an idea of what it is you're waiting for. I'll say it again. It's a lot easier to wait when you know what you're waiting for. If you don't know, then uh, it doesn't feel like waiting. It feels like wandering. It feels like... Uh, uh, questioning what's going to happen what it, what's ever, what what's the lord doing what's everybody doing what's the individual with the microphone doing what is uh this person doing and you don't know what's happening you don't know you, you just think are we going to go downstairs and have tea next are we are we going to uh, um, pray for each other next? Are we? What's next? I don't know what's next. And, and that waiting is really not waiting, that kind of waiting. That's wandering. But when you know what it is that you're waiting for, it's really not difficult it may be uncomfortable at times, but not difficult. Um, as Joey was speaking, Joel the Fourth was speaking. I had this visual. I think it was Sister Schoonover that had 
uh, a picture of my children, the oldest four, waiting for us to get home from the hospital with number five. I call him Cinco sometimes. <laughs> number five. And, and in this picture, because they, they had been waiting, they had been waiting a good long while since the morning of. And um, once we finally said, okay, we're on our way home, we've got the clearance, we've got the car seat situation taken care of, we're out the door, we're in the car, we're on the way home. They're waiting, but they knew what it is they were waiting for. And this, this visual, this picture is what came to my mind because it's anticipation. They're standing at the window, all four of them watching the, the street, the driveway for that car to pull up. See, they'd already been to the hospital and seen Colin. They knew, obviously, who it was that was coming back home, but they, they were anticipating and waiting and knowing he's about to get here. And man, when he gets here, is it going to be great? Is it going to be awesome? We can't wait for it. We, 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 we're so excited for him to get here. And that visual is really, it, to me, it represents what I want my spirit to, to be like, to look like, to feel like when I say I'm waiting on God. Not... Is this happening? This, that's, what, that's what waiting on God means to some people. I'll tell you what else waiting on God means to other people. I'm going to just do what I always do. I'm going to go about my schedule, Brother Reuben. I'm going to go about my schedule. I'm going to do my thing. And I'm just going to wait and see if the Lord interrupts that. If he, if he wants me to... You fill in the blank. If he wants me to do this or go there or say that or read this or if he wants me to do it, uh, he, he's, he's going to have to step in and intervene. Until he does that, I'm just going to keep doing my thing. And we equate that with waiting on God. Uh, waiting on God for what? Well, waiting on, waiting on a sign, waiting on a, a voice, a word, waiting on... Something, the heavens to open up. I don't know what, what that looks like. But we know we do this because if I ask for a show of hands, what are you going to be doing tomorrow? Most of you have an idea what you're going to be doing tomorrow. You know what time your day is going to start tomorrow. What time you're going to have a, this block of time set aside for this. This block and then next you're going to go there. And we know that, and if we're not careful, we just say, okay, Lord, you move somewhere in here. I mean, you know, you know, if I'm running late here, then try to move over here. If, uh, if this, I've got this really important meeting or this time or whatever, then maybe you can move over here. And uh, we're, that's exactly what Brother Reuben was saying, by putting God in a box, See, we think a lot of times putting God in a box means limiting his power. If you ever have used Outlook calendar at work or on your phone, those are boxes. Your calendar is a box. And so you put God right there in that box. And that's his spot. Versus knowing what you're waiting on. How do you know that? Well, when you start to learn the voice of God, start to know what it feels like when he's speaking to you, prompting you, trying to get your attention, and you recognize that. When you recognize that, you know, oh, hang on, wait a second. That felt just like the last time when the Lord spoke to me and this thing happened. Ah, is that what I'm supposed to be waiting on? Yes, it is. 
That's what we wait on when we say we're waiting on God. And then, really, it just becomes a way of life. It becomes a lifestyle of waiting. And now I just know, okay, I'm, I, I got to go to work at 8 o'clock, but I'm waiting on God when I wake up at 6 o'clock, when I get dressed at 7 o'clock, when I get in the car at 7.30. I'm waiting on God this whole time. When I get out of the car and walking into the office, I'm waiting on God. Because what I've learned is, this is how quickly he can do whatever it is I'm waiting on. And if I'm not careful, no, that couldn't have been it because the heavens didn't open up. There was no resounding voice that shook the earth. And so, you know, he's going to have to talk a little louder if that's really what he's trying to say. It doesn't work that way. Let me read to you a passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5. I'm going to start at verse 11. The first word of this verse, it says, blessed. Some people say blessed. That's fine with me if you want to say blessed. But the word means, get this, happy. That's what the word means. That's what the, if you look up Greek here, you're, you're, there, there is a happiness about you, what it means to be blessed. That's a simple definition. But it says, blessed or happy are you when men shall revile you. To revile means to speak evil about you, to speak bad about you. So simply put, that first part of that verse says, be happy when somebody talks bad about you. That's the, that's the Caleb translation of that verse, that first part of the verse. Be happy when somebody talks bad about you. And persecute you. And shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Be happy when somebody... Talks bad, about, uh, talks bad about you, persecutes you, says all manner of evil things about you, falsely. Now, I'd be interested to know how many of us get happy when we know that somebody's talking bad about us. Probably not very often the case. But here's my question. Is it, are they talking bad about you or me for his sake? Or are they just talking bad about you? Because, well, we won't go there. But it says, when they revile you, when they speak evil of you for my sake. The next verse, verse 12, rejoice. Sounds a lot like being happy. Rejoice and be exceeding glad. For great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The 
my mind goes back to about a month ago, whenever it was. We, I, I spoke just a, briefly about the passage in 1 Corinthians when it says, uh, let the spirits of the prophets be subject to the prophets. And in that context, it's talking about who can prophesy and all may prophesy in, in, the, in the context of a, a church gathering or the body gathering. And all prophesy. So the, the first thing we got to address here is all of us can speak the word of God. I would, I would go as far as to say all of us should speak the word of God. Not only can we, not only do we have the uh, ability, the gift to do it, we have the mandate to do it, to speak the word of God. When it, a while back, I was trying to get through, catch that wording, I was trying to get through a certain part, part of the action Bible I was reading to my kids, and it felt like there was just one prophet after another prophet after another prophet after another prophet. And I just finally, every time I would start, I would say, okay, do you remember what a prophet is? Uh, one of them might have remembered that day, uh, or a couple of them. But so it was just, okay, the Lord is hammering home what a prophet is, to us at least. The prophet is the person that speaks the word of God to a person or a group of people. That's very simply put. That's what a prophet is. Now, we, we think, oh, I could never do that. I, I, I don't have a, that's not on my business card. That's not on my uh, Facebook profile. It doesn't say prophet Caleb Flowers. And so, I, you know, that's not for me. You know, that's, that, that's for, uh, I don't know, the person that labels themselves that, maybe. Um, but we, we think, no, I can't do that. I can't speak the word of God. I heard one, one person say this, and man, it, it was so true and simple. And it talked about how we as a, as a, a body, the church in general, is lacking the ministry of prophecy and of prophets speaking the word of God on behalf of God and what this minister said was, we are so used to priestly ministry and not prophet ministry. And that's because a priest takes the word of the people to God. The prophet takes the word of God to the people. So if I just care about the priestly ministry, then I'm going to go and find the priest. Priest. Our house is in trouble. Why don't you go do something about that with God? And then I'm just going to sit back and let the priest do his thing. Elder, my kid will not listen to me. I need you to get along with God and figure that out. Come back to me when you have an answer. And I'm leaning on the priestly ministry. Take my need to God, because that's what the priests did in the Old Testament. They would take the sacrifice from the altar to the Holy of Holies. They would, take, they would do the work for the people. And so we can get that mindset and say, I just, maybe I haven't found the right priests yet. And that's probably what it is. My problem, my problem must be that I haven't found the right priest yet that can take my need to God for me appropriately, the way that I think it needs to be done. When what we really need is the ministry of a prophet to come to me and say, when's the last time you read the scriptures on parenting? If you got that child that won't obey. When, when is the last time you looked at what the Word of God says about XYZ, this issue, this need? Oh, no, 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 that's, uh, that's a, I don't know, children of Israel stuff or something. That's crazy. We don't go there. 
because they had the prophets. What did he say here? They persecute you the same as they persecuted the prophets which were before you. That tells us there is a dimension of ministry that's supposed to be active in the current church, the current body, the ministry of prophecy, prophets. Blessed are you when you get to the point where you can speak what the Word of God says to an individual or to a group of people. Even when they turn around and say, oh, you won't believe what this, what this guy Reuben said at my work. You know, we don't, usually we're not privy to those conversations. And honestly, I don't really care if they're taking place or not. But this is what the scripture is addressing. What are they, what are they saying about Martine? You know, he's there, he's acting all holy and reading scriptures and telling people, you know, oh, it just gets under my skin. Would you believe that he actually told me that I need to go to anger management class? He thinks he can say something to me about that? <laughs> Clearly, I'm, fi- I'm doing fine. And so this, what Jesus is saying to the, the people, to the multitude there, when you speak the word of God, and this reaction arises from the individual or the group of people that you're speaking to, Rejoice about it. Be exceeding glad about it. Because this is how things always work. Brother Zaria, we were talking about prophets the other day. It, it, the entire Old Testament, pretty much, is filled with this principle. This, we, we can get caught up on the kings and, and, and wondering how did, the, how did the leadership of the, the, this tribe and this tribe go from here to here and, and why would they have gone through this? Every single time, there's just this prophet that enters the picture. And he just happens to say, oh, by the way, here's how God feels about this. And then he goes, why? why? Why interject that little, I mean, that's just one verse in, in, in a chapter of a hundred verses. Why interject that one? Because that's what matters, how God feels about the issue. I'm guilty of this a lot of times when I, when I feel like I need to pray for somebody. I'm praying, Lord, give them boldness to speak. And that in itself is not a bad thing, okay? But my, my, the way that I'm visualizing that in my mind is, oh, Brother Martin, he struggles with, with sharing the word of God. Where does that come from? That, that's, I don't know that about him. I don't job shadow him. I don't, I don't go to his family functions with him. I'm just thinking... There must be something because this is what we as apostolics do. We struggle with sharing the word of God. That is, that's false. Or it's only as true as I make it. Okay? So, I, I mean, you, please pray for me to have all the boldness you feel to pray for me. That's okay with me. I'm not saying that that's bad. But we don't need to walk around with this mindset of, oh, man, I wish we had a prophet. Oh, man, I wish we had, because this, I know how God feels about this. And if Elijah was here right now, man, we, we would deal with this thing. Or if, if, if Elder Hart just could just come with me to work one day, hear the way these people talk, see the way these people act, man, then we would, we would have a prophet. We would have the word of God on the scene but why wouldn't I do it? Why, why don't I say? Well, I mean, I don't want anybody to lose their job, okay? So be, use, use wisdom. <laughs> Exercise wisdom. 
But when you get the opportunity to say, you know how God feels about that? And you get used to the looks. Get ready for the looks. Because they will come. Okay. I'll give you a real life example. <laughs> we, it's Christmas parties going on in, at work and stuff right now. And I've gotten to go to a few with the different groups during the day, lunches and everything. And uh, the table that I was sitting at with a few other coworkers, uh, they pointed out the window. That's Hop Nation right over there. That's a, that's a great bar. I mean, if you get, they got trivia, they got good food, they got this awesome sounding bacon something that I really wanted to test. And she's, she's going down the list of, if you like this, if you like that, if you drink alcohol, if you do this, and, and whoo, man, I felt the Holy Ghost run up my spine. Because no, I don't drink alcohol. But you know what? All I did was just simply say, no, I don't. I don't, I don't drink alcohol. That, I'm looking at your faces. <laughs> to you, that's not, that doesn't sound like much. To me, a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, I wouldn't have even said that. I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have, uh, oh, hmm, really? Micro something, okay. That sounds interesting. And I, uh, <laughs> I could just picture Elijah sitting at the end of the table. Are we really having this lunch right now? All right. Now, if the Lord gives me the opportunity to speak more openly than that about why I do or don't do something, I want to take it. And I want the boldness to do that. Because I want to be able to say I believe the word of God, and I know that the word of God says, don't be given to strong drink. Woo, okay. Uh, that's in there. I know it's there. That's all it takes. You don't have to give them book, chapter, and verse. You don't have to do a three-point Bible study about who all got drunk and when and where and what happened next. I mean, if you get the time and you got their attention... Go for it. But you don't. When I'm praying boldness over somebody, that's the kind of stuff in my mind I'm thinking. Boom. Give, give, us, give Azario the, the three-point Bible study lesson at the time when he needs it. I don't know if he's ever going to need it. But, but help him just say what you give him to say to whom needs to hear it. That is... The ministry of prophecy. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we're open to you right now, God. Jesus, your word is true and we believe it. We, we stand on it tonight, God. All authority and power, God, is given to you and to your word. Jesus, as believers of the word, as believers of the truth, God, help us to speak, Lord Jesus, your word. Help us to speak your word in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Let your words be in our mouth, Lord. Let your words be in our heart, Lord Jesus. You know, the, the prophet Elijah, this one just sticks out to me because he had been hiding. He had been running. He had been um, trying to circumnavigate, if that's a word. And while when he finally gets the word and the strength and the, the direction to go this way, and he tells the king, it's not going to rain again until I say it's going to rain. That 
is prophecy. I don't know how much background God gave Elijah on the next three years. We, we, we get so mystified, I think, a lot of times. Because we think, oh, Elijah must have known that uh, he's probably got this day circled on his calendar and got the end date over here circled on his calendar. And, man, he must have got that in some mighty, mighty prayer meeting. I don't, I don't even know how many days he had to fast to get there. But that's not the way that the story plays out. It, it's almost like Elijah didn't know what he was going to say until he said it. Because that's not the focal point of the passage when you're reading it. There's all this other crazy, awesome stuff going on. And it's like, oh, by the way, king, it's not going to rain anymore until I say it's, go uh, 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 it's going to rain again. See ya. And uh, I don't know if he's trying to replay those words in his mind all the way back or what. But, but that's how... The prophecy worked. Now then, it's up to God. I can't control the rain. You know, Elijah's not sending up prayers. Lord, please don't let it rain. I said that if you make it rain, I'm going to look like a fool. Don't let that happen. He's not accountable for that, first of all. He's not in charge of that. I remember one time a friend of mine from back east. He and I had been communicating several years just off and on. Um, both of us young ministers trying to learn what does it mean and and uh, he, he had been married. He had just started pastoring a church. And, um, you know, it was one of those awkward, I haven't talked to you in six months. You know, how, how much do we need to catch up? How much do we? <laughs> I'm just happy to say hi to you again. You know, hope you're still alive. Hope your family's doing well, that kind of thing. And um, I was texting him, of all things. And before I knew it, I had a text typed out. And then I read it. I was like, what in the world does that mean? I don't know what that, I don't know what he's going through right now. I don't know what his church situation is like, his family situation. I don't know any of that. I just got this, I mean, it's like I might as well have just received this message the same way he's about to. I'm not saying this to make myself sound spiritual, okay? Because in my own humanity, I've replayed that in the, what, eight years, nine years since. And I'm thinking, I wonder if that's still going on. I wonder if that's still, I wonder if that was really God. I know it was God. I'm not questioning that. But I wonder if he received it. And I, I wonder what part of this, because I'm trying to do, like I said, Elijah didn't do. And where are we in the time frame of this? That That is... <laughs> That's no longer the gift of prophecy, okay? That's just me wondering, speculating. But when we receive the word of God, put it into practice, believe on it, and accept it, just like Elijah, where the rest of it's in God's hands. It's up to him what's going to happen from here. Why don't we pray again? Lord Jesus, we long for the quickening power of your spirit. God, we long for the quickening power, the word, God, that is quick and powerful. Jesus, we long, Jesus, to be led by you, to have your word spoken through us. We want to be vessels yielded to you, God. Jesus, we know the power of a word fitly spoken. We know, Jesus, the importance of sharing your word, your witness, your testimony with others, O oh God. 
Why don't you stand with me right now? Let's continue to pray. Jesus, I pray right now, God, that you would give me wisdom to speak your word, that you would give me faith, Lord Jesus, to speak your word. My faith rests in you alone, Lord God. I know that your word is true. Jesus, I know that every word from you is true. In you there is no lie, God. In you there is no shadow, Lord Jesus. Everything about you is true, Lord Jesus. Let my faith be increased in you tonight. Jesus, let my faith in your word be increased tonight. I receive it from you tonight, Lord God. I'm thankful for it tonight, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, let us speak your word, God. Let us speak your word, Jesus. God, we want to be oracles that speak your word, your truth, your principles, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, keep talking with the Lord right now. Letting Him talk to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Jesus name in Jesus name thank you for your word Lord amen praise God you ever feel like maybe God can't speak through you you ever had that thought run through your mind right the um the reality is we we do that based on whether we think we're qualified or not god doesn't speak through someone based on qualification scripturally he does it based on available availability and willingness to yield If it was qualifications, he would have never spoke through a donkey. He does it based on availability and willingness to yield. And so we've heard several examples tonight of the Lord. Brother Reuben talked about on the job, just saying something. Brother Flowers gave us an example on the job of just saying something. Brother Flowers, when you shared that example, the scripture, I couldn't remember it was. I had to look. The scripture talks about their sound going out into the earth. It's in Romans 10. A lot of people quote a verse in Romans 10. It says, believe on the Lord and you'll be saved. And that's it. But the, it keeps going. And it says, how shall they believe Without a, except they hear, and how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall he preach except he be sent? How beautiful are the feet of them. And then the scripture says, Verily their sound went out into all the earth. I have heard that verse before. Reading about the voice of the Lord and the word of God going into the earth. And I've had this false picture. 
of the Lord doing something where the voice of God went. So God did all that and there was nobody else involved. Just somewhere this thundering voice started to go through the earth. Clearly it's supernatural. But it's the supernatural working of his spirit through yielded, available, willing people to speak the word of God. At a Christmas party or in a secret to a secretary in an office. We've shared these examples again and again. What is the Lord doing? He is building our faith. Why? Because also there in Romans 10, faith comes by hearing. It's in that same passage of scripture. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So where does the faith of your coworker come from that doesn't have faith to believe in God? It comes by the uttered word of God that you or I speak in that exchange at the Christmas party or with the secretary in the office. Have you ever had someone say something to you at work or at school and you thought, I'm going to, you know, oh, I can't say that. You knew what the response needed to be. The quickening of the Lord. I'm not talking about an unruly tongue that's got a smart mouth. I'm talking, you knew, man, this is how I need to respond. This is how the Lord would have me to respond, but I can't say that. We have a responsibility and a privilege to speak the word of God. Amen. Thank you, Brother Flowers, Brother Reuben, all those that have spoke with us tonight and been prophets for the word of the Lord. To speak the word of God to us this evening. Amen. Are you receiving it? I know you are. Amen. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen. I could use the help of some young, strong men. If you want to come up here, I'll give you some instruction. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Josiah. Are you a young, strong man?